Hello, welcome back to Creative Chit Chat. I'm Ryan McLeod and we're up to episode 87 this week. I am joined by Katja Kusakova and I'm also joined by Ness, um, who is Katja's puppy, who caused a bit of havoc during recording, so you might well, or you'll definitely hear her in the background. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tearing things apart, finding a squeaky toy, um, basically just enjoying herself. Um, but yeah, um, Katja is one of the latest members to join the Creative Dundee team on a sort of interim basis. And as I mentioned last week, we're doing a three week Creative Dundee special. Um, so this week's going to be Katja. Uh, next week, we've got Andy Truscott. And then we've got Laurie Anderson the week after. So, yeah, this is the first of three um, Creative Dundee episodes. Um, yeah, I mean, Katja spent most of her career working in events, from sort of music festivals to lots of different sort of um, cultural style events. And then she came to Dundee and has sort of worked in pretty much all the major cultural organisations. Um, I don't know if that's through coincidence or chance, but... Um, yeah, we talk about that and talk about the sort of the idea of moving from contract to contract and from job to job. Um, yeah, so let's see why we shouldn't just get into the episodes. So this is it, episode number 87, and this is with Katja Kusakova. Well, I originally went to the uni to study journalism, and I am a journalist by training. Which, so when you say university, which university? A university of, a Masaryk University in Czech Republic, Brno. And, like, I was actually, someone asked me this question, like, why did you go study journalism if you don't, if you are not doing it? And I was thinking about it, and, like, one of, like, part of it is, I was, I really like writing, and I was really interesting in, interested in telling stories and things like that. And I also had this a bit romantic idea of what journalism is that kind of came out of like basically the culture that Czech has because like to just give you a little bit of background I was born in 1989 about two weeks before Velvet Revolution which was when we overthrew communism and everything like the entire country changed and so I grew up in this it was called the wild 90s and everything felt possible and achievable and it was really exciting times for Czech Republic and when I was going to school there was this idea of like journalists being the school facilitators of change and culture because very often back in during the communist era in the 50s, 60s, 70s the journalists were the dissidents, they were the initiators of culture and of change and they were very often like taking on this uh you know like danger they were publishing dangerous things that would maybe sometimes get them even like they had to emigrate because of it or they got to jail because of it and i always kind of admired it and i had this idea of like oh journalists journalists get to do all these interesting things and they are involved in culture and they are almost facilitators which when i went to the uni i realized that's not really true Especially nowadays, journalism is very much about the beat of the story and just like turning it very quickly. And it's all very temporary. And I very like I realized that's maybe not necessarily what I want to do. And so I was trying to like kind of find what I uh, what I'm actually interested in when I started uh, realizing that's maybe not necessarily what I want to do. And I was living with two people who were studying theater and I found it really really interesting I was going to the theater with them and different cultural events I was like oh I'm really interested in that it's really really cool but I never really realized that could be a vocation that could be something I can do so I just crack on with the journalism and then I was working in a radio so I was in a studio a, you know like a similar kit like this so I was kind of cool and in that radio they were looking for someone to kind of facilitate events and uh, and it was very like open you can do anything you want 
However, we have zero budget. And I was like, hmm, I'm interested in debt. So I started basically just thinking of things that I found like, oh, I would like to try that. And they're always very supportive, but there was like no money in it. So I always tried to do it on a shoestring budget. And it was really fun. Like we, for example, uh, there was this big theater festival in Brno and I organized the radio to just go out in the streets and kind of broadcast from there. But because we didn't have any money, we had to like get this really weird party tent that we were broadcasting from and just trying to make it work and it all worked and it was brilliant and then all these international directors are coming to be interviewed and it was so much fun and and then I realized like oh that's what I want to do I want to be involved in like culture and I want to be involved in events and work on all that so logically I went on to do masters in journalism makes sense <laughs> but thanks to that I was lucky enough to be able to go on two exchanges which was in Stockholm in Sweden and then I got a scholarship to go to a US to Vermont so that was all really exciting and taught me a lot about different cultures and sometimes how like as an immigrant you come to this outside world and like how to get in and how to how do you see yourself when you are not at your home country? Like who are you when you are not home and when you are not speaking your language? Because it change you are you are a bit different. Like it's hard to describe, but yeah, let's say that. Uh, that so yeah, I started doing that. Came back to Prague. Uh, okay, so. Uh, after all these exchanges, I came back to Prague and I started. <laughs> <laughs> so squeak. squeak, 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 squeak. Uh, I started working not in culture. I started working with a human rights charity called, called Forum 2000, uh, which was a very interesting job. I met lots of very interesting people fighting for human rights and. Um, you know, like trying to change the world. And that was inspiring. I was, uh, you know, part of the team that brought Dalai Lama to, to Prague. So, you know, I get to met, meet him. I was like, oh my God, you actually exist. You're a person. But I wasn't feeling like that's me. What, what part of that wasn't, wasn't I you? think it's just, I just... It felt like, because most things that this organization did was like conferences and getting people from different countries together, which I think is very important for the people who are the dissidents to kind of feel support and facilitate change. But I just kind of felt like what I want to do is something for like people to feel connected to the city and kind of have new experiences, like not maybe necessary you know, like the politicians and change makers, but just like ordinary people, which very much I think came from when I was working back in the community radio, because we were doing different events for people then. <laughs> Thanks, Ness. Yes. <laughs> music, music on the background. Uh, <laughs> so... And I was just really missing the culture element, I think, because I still really love theater and exhibitions and, you know, all music, all culture things. And so I was also doubling, uh, working in a music, like at a music festival as an artist liaison. And that's in Slovakia. It's a big festival in Slovakia. And that was always just for like the duration of the festival. So it was more like a, you know, summer hobby. And that's where I met my husband. And that's how, how I ended up in Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, before I moved to Scotland, before I moved to Dundee, I didn't have an inkling it exists. Like I knew Scotland exists, but never heard of Dundee. Didn't know what it is, where it is. Nothing. And I met Graham and uh, we had this really cheesy romantic story of like we met that night we spoke like the entire night we just like kept talking 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 
And then we kept in touch uh, for three months before we saw each other again. And then our first date had to be like eight days long because they were touring at the time. So I had to come, <laughs> I had to go with them on the tour. So I went from like they picked, like basically I jumped into the tour uh, in in Czech Republic. And then we went on to Denmark, Norway and Sweden. So what was it that, that Graham was doing at the festival? Graham is a sound engineer and he was working with a band that was playing at the festival. Uh, it's a band that he works with a lot and uh, they're called the Young Fathers. Uh, so that's like who was there with them, like who he was there with. Uh, and that's who he was touring with on our first date. So yeah, and then uh, we started, after that we started dating, like long term, long Long term, long distance, long distance, <laughs> long term, long distance relationship. And then I just decided that it makes sense for me to move up here to give it a proper try. And when we were looking where to move, I was kind of like, oh, let's move to Edinburgh or Glasgow because I was coming from Prague, which is a big city. And I just thought, yeah, I want to be in a big city. And Graham was like, oh, no, I have lived in both of them and I don't want to live there anymore. And... He wanted to live in a village in Fife. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so Dundee was a bit like a compromise where I think Graham was a bit apprehensive at first because he grew up around here and his idea of Dundee was maybe a bit tainted by what he used to know about the city. But then he looked into it and was like, oh, actually, it's very cool. And we moved here and it was it's great i lo love it i'm so so how how long ago was that three years three years ago and uh yeah i moved here not really no, like knowing graham and his family which happens to be also ed and nikki who introduced me to a lot of folk in the creative industries in dundee and it almost like kind of felt like, oh yeah, this is, you know, like the creativity of the city is what I was always looking for when I was searching for what I want to do. And I was like, I think I'm a great example of how Dundee is small in like the best of ways because I came here, I met few people and one of them was Anna Day who then recommended me to Louis Connor, who works at DJ Cat, who was then looking for someone to run the degree show. So I got a job working at the degree show. After that, I went on to work. So, go back to the degree show. Like, what do you say working at? Like, I was so basically, you need, uh, because degree show is such a massive thing, that you need, like, a, it was called events officer, so someone who just makes sure it kind of happens. So, someone, so what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so you need to, you know, book different things, get like catering for things that they had to be catered, have bar ready for the opening night because you don't want people to go thirsty on the opening night, get the band to play, you know, like all these different elements that maybe you don't necessarily think about when you are visiting, uh, visiting the the degree show yeah it's all those logistical things mm -hmm. that hold it all together yes yes and that's kind of like what my background is what i used to do it in prague because uh, i was like running the conferences so that was kind of what i know how to do and that was really fun uh, i really enjoyed working there it was just a temporary contract uh, because they were only looking for someone for the degree show so then I went on to get a job at DCA and it was uh, there was a personal assistant to the director, which is Beth Bate. <laughs> uh, it was it was a great experience because Beth is such an amazing person and such an inspiring person to work with. And the entire DCA team is great, full of people who are really there for DCA and committed to what they do so it was such a good experience to be part of it but I was also working part-time so that helped me in a way that I could get involved in different projects such as working with Dundee Rep where I helped them when I was their local producer for a play called Bet that they were bringing here as a part of Luminate, Luminate Festival and they were coming from London so I was like doing all the 
making sure to get them a space where they will be doing their play because it's called it was an invisible theater so there was theater like in a street so <laughs> uh, we actually did the performance in Velgate, which is very interesting and it's basically like people are not supposed to know it's a theater so the, they wheeled up these these beds with t like two there were two beds kind of on the other side of well, like Velgate with elderly person in it and the person would be telling their story of their life like even people approach them ask them to help and it was kind of to um kind of to draw attention to that lots of people like lots of people folk older folk are lonely and they don't have anyone to like go and speak to them or take care of them and it was a really interesting project and I was really happy to be working with Dundee Rep because it was like I always loved theatre so I was like yeah I'm working with theatre so that was exciting and I also worked with uh, David Cook from Best World Works because he was looking for someone to help him uh, because there was lots of different events coming to Best World Works so he was looking for someone to kind of help him run run the venue almost but I only did that for a little bit because by then my I was doing it for like three months and then my um, contract at DC was running out because it was a maternity cover. And about that time I got I got an I got an email from uh Yehlava International Documentary Documentary Film Festival, which is based in Czech Republic, because they were looking for someone to be one of the producers at the festival and they got recommendation for me. So they asked if I would be interested and I was like, yep, yeah, why not? You know, I miss home and it's for five months and my contract is ending. So I went off for five months back to Prague, did that, came back here while I was like the last, like the week of the festival. I got a I got an email from Duncan of Jordanston asking like, do you want to come back? We have like four another, another four events that we need facilitated, organized. Do you want to come on board? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Sounds great. So I came back, worked with Duncan of Jordanston for seven months, and then a position at Creative Dundee came up. So I applied and... So I yeah, I mean, in this, like, before we go into Creative <laughs> Dundee, like, yeah. you've been around, like, <laughs> the majority of the big sort of cultural organizations in Dundee and been here, like, hardly any time. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm just picking them off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at the map and thought, like, yeah, these are cool, so just tick, tick, tick. <laughs> but, I mean, it feels like um, you've had this sort of, what was it like a portfolio oh. career type thing where you, you're you're moving from place to place mm -hmm. it's always quite fast paced mm -hmm. it was obviously event based mm -hmm. so they're obviously they're a fixed period of time where you work yes. quite intensely and then move on so yes. is that is that the way that you've always worked and are just comfortable in that sort of way i i, I guess so basically since ever since i started my career that was kind of what i did just like because most events are project based and they have a start and they have like this culmination which is really exciting and I, I love the buzz of it and then it kind of just ends and you go and find something new and it is great it is sometimes very stressful when you're coming to the end of it but so far I was like weirdly lucky to be always able to move on something new and exciting basically like like let's say Duncan of Jordanston my contract ended 30th of June and 1st of July I was at Creative Dundee <laughs> so yeah uh, but is the I mean is the process between like filling those gaps finding those new opportunities is that do you find that particularly stressful or because the way you talk about it you feel it feels as if you're very comfortable in that <laughs> there will be something next I just uh, have to find it type thing I think like I think so like I'm very comfortable well like it's kind of hard because hindsight, hindsight is always like 2020 so you think yeah I always knew I would get the job but <laughs> uh, I think some like about a month before you know your project ends you kind of start having this oh I have to look and you know no one likes to work like you know no one likes to write cover letters and apply for jobs and things or maybe some people do I don't uh, but it always kind of works out and you just have to 
And I think working in events and culture is very much project-based and it will always be depending on funding and you have to kind of accept this is the this is the way it works. And just cross your fingers, hope for the best. <laughs> and uh, also Graham, is, like for example, Graham is a freelancer. So we are both in kind of, you know, just moving from different jobs. And in a way it's great because you never get into a rut. You never like you never know what's gonna be happening in seven months, and that's exciting and terrifying. But I like to be a bit terrified, I guess, because that's the challenge. I don't like I don't like being always stuck and feeling like oh, this is what I'm you know gonna be doing for. Uh, long time uh, or I don't I wouldn't mind it maybe necessarily because if I, if I would be working at events they're always different they're always exciting but yeah I don't know how to describe it it's just something I'm used to because I always done it so this is a question I've started asking quite a lot of people uh-huh. um, where do you feel your expertise lies mm-hmm. so what what are you good at I think I'm good at just like someone coming up saying I want the degree show to happen and I'm just good at pulling all the strings together to make it happen at the end, you know, like just kind of gathering all the bits and pieces and just running with it um, and like making it happen even to a tight deadline very often. So I'm quite good at just kind of rushing things along and ensuring like people know what they're doing and it's just progressing towards so you're quite organized and meticulous wouldn't say i'm meticulous uh in the sense of the word i understand it but i guess i'm quite organized and i can keep an eye on the ultimate end game and always kind of think of ways how to get there and I guess I'm quite good problem solver as well. So I'm very rarely thrown by like things happening unexpectedly. Which I mean, in, in the events, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what happens. So I always am quite just good at thinking at my feet and solving, solving the problems, really. So that that thing is. I don't. I wouldn't call it an expertise, but I would call it that's like the traits in my character that maybe help me have to you, do what I do. Have you had a moment where just everything has gone completely wrong? <sighs> well, I had a moments when thing some things went wrong, <laughs> like when I was working at a degree show. It was obviously the first first thing I did in Dundee. So I was like, I want to do it well. So. Uh, the band I booked to open uh, cancelled on Monday with the event being on Friday. <laughs> so I was like, uh, but I managed to just get someone else and they were great. And, you know, like I just kept cool and I knew there was like one band that said they could potentially do it as well, but we already had the other ones. So I was trying to get in touch with them. They wouldn't pick up their phone. They wouldn't answer their email. So I stalked the guy on Facebook and messaged him on Facebook. He was like, yeah, yeah, we are doing it. So yeah, things like that, you know. Or there's always like my approach to stuff, I think. It's like there's always a solution to this problem. You just have to find it. Yeah, but sometimes it's not that easy to think rationally. No, because you get overwhelmed. And you go to like, but... I think you have to kind of keep your cool and just... And also, I very often remind myself, if this doesn't happen, it's fine. It's no one's like life is at stake. It wouldn't be great. And probably wouldn't, you know, like, it wouldn't be great for what I do as like a reference or whatever. But it's like my sister's a doctor, so... With her job, it's a bit more dire than with my job. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's that thing where um, you have an idea, a, a, a sort of vision of, of how things are going to play out. Mm-hmm. 
especially in an event sense. Yeah. And you're, or the people organizing are the only ones who really know that. That's also true. And so the people who come in don't really know yeah. what they're getting. So even if it's 10% less than what you expected, then it could still be great. Exactly, because you are, like, you are the one who is putting all this pressure on yourself. And I wanted to be great for people, but people very often are happy with less than you think. And that's not my approach. I always want to deliver like 110, but because that's, you know, in communism, they, the production was 200% of <laughs> everything. <laughs> so that's in me. But, uh, but you know, like um, if small things slip, as long as no one sees it, and no one is affected by it, it's not the end of the world. It's not great, but it's, it's not the end of the world. So. Yeah, I suppose it's about the creating that overall sort of overarching experience mm -hmm. um, and ensuring that that's good and yes. okay, if there's some little details that are maybe missed along the way then that's not the end of the world yes yeah exactly and that kind of helps me keep level head if something goes wrong because I know that the rest of the event is fine and this thing can be solved and if not well who's gonna notice <laughs> me <laughs> I'm gonna beat myself over and over because of it, but <laughs> most people won't. So the so coming up to the Creative Dundee. Yes. Why did you apply? Well well, because that was the next organization on my list. <laughs> no, uh actually Creative Dundee. I was telling the story, like the first place I ever gone to Dundee was DCA. So I worked at DCA. And then one of the first people I met in Dundee was Claire Duffer. And, uh, and it was very inspiring because she was talking about what Creative Dundee does. And I, I thought, oh my God, that's such an amazing organization. And I've never heard of something similar and thought, oh, this is a great idea. And it's something I would love to do. Like I was thinking, oh, I would love to do something similar. So obviously, like when the opportunity to do exactly that came up. I was like, yeah, I'm up for it. Well, yeah, I applied. And I'm here. Yeah, so obviously you got the you got the position, mm -hmm. um, which is for seven months. Yes. So, in, which is a relatively short short space of time. Um, but what, what is the role? So what's the role title exactly? Programs producer. Which means what? <laughs> Good question. No, it means uh, basically making all the events and different things Creative Dundee does happen. So we are quite a small team of four. Uh, so it's quite exciting because there's lots of like responsibility to on me and I can't, you know, like I can... I have to rely on myself, which is and but on the rest of the team as well. But they maybe don't do the same thing. Like let's say at Duncan of Georgianston, there's a events team as well. So if you we can turn them to them for expertise and stuff like that. But that's maybe not necessary here, which is not a problem. Uh, but what I want to achieve in the seven months, I I'm thinking about it a lot, and obviously I want things to run as well as if Claire was still in the position, you know, like people to think, oh, it's still great and exciting and gives me a lot to come to these different events. And then I'm just kind of like, I don't know what, what it will be and if there will be time to actually do it. But like so far, most of my roles, they're more about getting someone's idea and making it happen. So it would be great to just kind of, in the last, let's say, two months that I will have, just kind of do something that would be my own with them. But also I'm very conscious I have seven months and there is lots that has to happen in those seven months. So there is also a chance that I won't have time to do anything. Because, I mean, as we sit here just now, how long have you been in post? Months. So six months month. left. Okay. Um, and so, because you talk about your own sort of personally driven, mm -hmm. so what would that look like? Or like, 
is there a particular area you want to explore or look at or what I is it that interests you? Like, I am just interested in share, like, share experiences with people, which is very vague, I guess. But just people coming along and, you know, like I love, for example, the typography treasure hunt you did because that was a great example of... You don't just have to say that because I'm No, here. I really, really <laughs> liked it. <laughs> yeah. I hated it. No. It was, uh, you know, this nice thing where people just came along and spent afternoon together exploring the place where they live and maybe finding finding different angles to look at the place and feeling connected to the place differently than they did before and also I was uh, I was there alone so I was kind of thrown into this group of four other people and they were all great and it was really interesting to just you know meet other people with kind of similar interests but also absolutely out of your social bubble so just I think sharing experiences with other people is such a human thing to do and so important and helps us understand each other so much and especially especially like being being an immigrant here like and I'm I'm a lucky one because my English is quite good and I'm white so yeah not trouble I experience but it's so important to just see the world from a perspective of someone who is different to you and just meet those people so I'm not sure what it would look like but I'm thinking about it (laughs) yeah and I think um one of the things you tried to achieve with the treasure hunt was to to get beyond that the, the traditional creative community audience and create something that was really accessible and open mm. to anyone where there's there's no barrier to entry there's yes. it's just a bit of fun and okay mm-hmm. it's it's very much design and typography focused but yeah. it's 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 making that as accessible as possible and i think that's really important and yeah. the the approach that we take as a city especially I mean, this is purely from my perspective, being a designer, like I think as the UNESCO City of Design, we need to do that much more mm-hmm. and encourage the, the sort of widening of this this creative sphere to encompass as much of the, the city as possible. And and that's like whether people want to come and engage with that or not, that's fine, but the mm-hmm. opportunity should be there for yeah. everyone to get involved. Yeah, and also I, what I love was, as you said, it was so accessible. Like, because very often cultural events might feel for people alienating and they feel oh, it's not for me and I'm, I don't understand modern art or I don't understand that or this and, you know, it's too highbrow for me. So I think it's really important to just keep keep people, you know, like not feeling excluded from the culture things because it can happen easily. You can kind of feel like, oh, I've never been to a theatre. I don't know how it goes and what do I wear and... How do I engage with it? And that was great about Bed when we did it. It, it was in Velgate. Uh, the characters you meet there are very different to what you meet in, let's say, Dundee Rap. Sort of a, so many people that would never engage with a theatre would suddenly come up and engage and and find it, maybe learn something and maybe, maybe then, you know, when they eventually realise it's a theatre, be like, oh, maybe it's not as alienating as I thought and you know, not necessarily we'll go to rap but might stay with them yeah and I think it's yeah it's very much about the the creative community getting out of the the, the bubbles that it exists in as well and the the venues that it chooses and uses because I think as you say like it can be intimidating even for someone to go and visit the V&A if they don't feel that it's a place for them or that they're comfortable in um and yeah if we can go and take this to, uh, to other venues i mean it's something we try to do with the design festival but um it, it's sort of considering how do you how do you create these events or pieces of content that are available at, and accessible to everyone in the place they're comfortable in yes um which isn't necessarily the the big cultural venues that we have in the city center no and it doesn't necessarily have to be something profound or deep, you know, like sometimes, especially when you like, sometimes when you get funding, it's sometimes tricky because funding can be very tied to like certain numbers or 
certain you know like things you have to deliver and sometimes very hard to do that so i think that was great about uh now i'm gonna very much promote <laughs> creative dundee but what's great about the community ideas fund is like we don't have any you know like it has to be collaboration that enriches the city but it doesn't have to be like so many people have to visit and you have to report on it or you know like it's not because sometimes i think these things can be quite intimidating and then you you will go to this like a uh, creative venue because you know the people you like you will get the numbers and and maybe if you go somewhere else you won't get all the numbers but you will engage different sort of people but then it's not within your funding so so what do you feel is creative dundee's role within within the city just i think <laughs> it's very much in the title but uh, like in the not title but the subtitle is like uh connecting the city and kind of talking about what's great in the city and and you know like allowing people who are maybe new in the city to meet the community because the community in Dundee is very welcoming and it's great once you get in it you are in it and everyone is so open and friendly and oh, like I can't imagine a be- like I can't imagine this happening in like Edinburgh or Glasgow or Prague like definitely not in Prague <laughs> why, why not it's too big and lots of people just kind of do their own thing and I, I don't know if it's the problem with capitals, like capital cities, but everyone there is very driven by their ambition and kind of focused on themselves. While here it's very community focused, so like people are not like, oh, you're doing this, that's great, this is how I can help you. You know, or like uh, if someone is doing something, uh, maybe someone won't necessarily do and do it like as well as a competition, but rather get on board and help like for example we do dundee soup which we do with the circle and it's not like we do two different soups because like because circle would do their own and we would do our own but we connect and do it together so both communities can come together and do it together because why do two when you can do one properly and i can imagine in bigger city it will be like more fragmented which not to say like Dundee isn't fragmented. Of course, there's different communities and they have different challenges. But I feel like because of its size, it has a bigger potential to connect more. And Creative Dundee is a big part of trying to connect those different communities and organizations and people working here. And hopefully even maybe help students to find their place here after they finish their studies and stay. Because I think that's a big big problem not a problem but a big thing in Dundee is like you come here and you create your life for the four years and then you finish and there's no and you maybe you don't feel like there is work for you and you have to leave which lots of when I worked at Duncan Jordanston that's lots of things students are saying like I feel like I have to move to London and I don't necessarily want to but this is where all the jobs are so yeah maybe su- also supporting those people and just saying you can stay yeah and I think I mean it it is undoubtedly a massive problem and I don't I still don't feel like there's the opportunities for the students after they graduate that Mm. even come close to competing with Edinburgh, Glasgow, London and it's unfortunate Mm -hmm. Um, and I still I don't feel there's quite the the support or the community there yet to um, encourage a proportion of the students to a larger proportion of the students to set up their own mm-hmm. practice and mm-hmm. um, because it's very challenging mm-hmm. um, there are spaces but they're quite limited at the moment although there are a lot of planned um, sort of co-working and, and mm-hmm. startup spaces um, on the way that, that we could be doing better at that we could be doing better at the whole um, facilitation of it and, and helping just even just educate and teach a little bit about um what you need to do how to sustain mm-hmm. a business how to run one how to start like especially a creative one mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah i think even just the connections between the university and the rest of the creative community could be strengthened massively yes. um and so yeah there's lots of those areas and there's lots of those things that, that i feel we're not 
we're not doing particularly well and I think there are great connections mm-hmm. um, that have already been made and work that's going on in that area but there's still massive leaps and bounds of stuff to be done definitely um, we are, and you're right and you're also right about like the connection between university and the rest of the organizations because like when working at the uni sometimes it feels a bit like you're not as connected to the rest of the city because you're more connected to the university which I think is an entity in its own right, but also it should be coming out to the community and trying to make these connections. And they have a great program, actually, the resident uh, resident program, where they you can apply and for a year you have access to all the facilities as you had when you were a student. And I think that's great because, like, once you graduate, you suddenly realize, like, oh, I used to use this machine that is really expensive and I can't do it anymore and I can't afford to buy mine and how can I sustain my practice then? And yeah, there's lots of questions we have to ask and solve problems that we have to solve, like how to, what, how can we support these graduates to stay? Because But it's not something we... There's no point in doing it in isolation. No. So it has to be something that's done together yes. with all the the parties and representation of mm-hmm. everyone that's concerned. So that's the university, the students, the creative community. So it's getting everyone together, and that's often the the most difficult bit. Mm-hmm. Is saying okay, so these are all the stakeholders. Let's get them on in mm-hmm. a room to try and solve this problem. And then the next thing is, well, how do we get some money together mm-hmm. to then help solve that problem? Because I mean, it's it's just reality that you need generally you're going to need some sort of funding to to get that going yeah of course we need money that's that's the thing (laughs) everything runs on money yeah you know that's that's fine (laughs) um you sort of i mean i was going to ask what do you not feel is happening well in the city but we've sort of yeah already already covered that so maybe to flip that on its head what what excites you about mm-hmm. the future of what you're up to, the future of the city, just, yeah. Yeah, I think Dundee is really, even though, like I have been here for years, so even in that short time, I have seen the change, massive change in confidence of Dundee. Like, like we feel like we are this exciting city and we've been, we are being told, so I feel like we are finally seeing it. <laughs> we are a great city and a great place to be with be in and uh that like what excites me about Dundee is just the feeling of everyone is kind of if you want to do something you will find people who will do it with you and uh or who will help you and no one will say oh this is very stupid unless it's very stupid (laughs) they should they should do it if it's really really stupid but you know like people will be supportive and it kind of feels like um this is a place where things can still happen, kind of, just because you think it's a good idea. Well, and you won't feel maybe judged. And which in bigger cities, like as I was talking about, for example, Prague, like very often, like those small things don't really happen as naturally because people are always kind of looking and judging and thinking, how is this progressing me as a person or my career and stuff? Not always, like not, but it's, bigger proportion because it's a bigger city and it's a capital city where people who go there have ambition like big ambitions and want to become next presidents or something <laughs> uh yeah just like what excites me about Dundee is like it feels like things can happen yeah just because you think it will be a cool idea you can try it and you can you probably you might fail but that's okay and the community is here here for it and support you on the way up and down <laughs> yeah i think that's i mean it's so true that you should have that space that ability to fail yeah um because you, you're going to learn way more from your failures than you are from just getting everything in very commas right mm-hmm. um so yeah but I'm, I'm wondering now obviously having your experience of working and and living in czech republic mm-hmm. and then coming over to scotland is there anything that from Czech Republic that you do over there that really well that Scotland doesn't that we could <laughs> we could do better here I wouldn't say better I would just say different okay. 
And what I found very different about the working culture is here very often it's very nine to five kind of thing. And you and I think it's actually better here to be honest. But you kinda of finish at five and then you don't are sometimes you're expected to think about it, but lots of people just go at five. And in Czech, where I used to work, like sometimes before events I would just stay until two AM and I would kind of kind of was expected. And there's just this weird, like someone, like someone foreign was describing it to me about Czech people, like they are, like <laughs> we are really overworking at times, so we can kind of just chill in the other times. So you know, like I think that's different, but I don't, I don't think it's better. Definitely not. What do we do better? Hmm. Mm. Well, we have better drinking culture, but that's not really. <laughs> no, I mean that's it's all part of culture, though, right? Yeah. Well, I so mean, so what what about it is better? Uh, we don't go out to get absolutely hammered, and you know, like just we just go out to socialize. So you would go out with friends and have a couple of beers in a bar where there's like no music playing, and that's kind of how you socialize. And here it kind of feels when you go out, you go out, and you just kind of drink a lot, but like. Because <laughs> like when I go out, I expect like have a beer or two, chat a bit, and like that. I don't mean it always happens, but the culture overall is more about to to have fun. You have to drink and go to these clubs and drink this really hard liquor. And I'm like, no, beer is fine. Just want my own beer. Yeah, I mean, I think Scotland definitely has a um, an ingrained drinking culture that. Um, if you're not having a drink, mm-hmm. there's this sort of weird peer pressure of why, why, why are you not? And then is there something wrong? Like, and it's, it's so ingrained in the way that we like live that, um, yeah, I mean, it, to, to take a step back from that and look at it, it's actually quite bizarre <laughs> yeah. that there's so much pressure on like, and, like, don't get me wrong. Czechs love their drink. Like we love our drink, but it's just a different feeling when you go like yeah you don't feel as pressure like you you would be expected to drink but you are not pressured to get hammered if that makes sense mm-hmm. it's just uh, yeah i mean it's, it's just a different different culture i suppose yeah but like a healthier <laughs> but in saying, my opinion saying, you know. uh, saying that then like it's not like people i know here would necessarily always like drink like that but like overall if you look at people going out it kind of it's kind of what you feel <laughs> um so before we finish up, is there anything you would recommend uh, that you've been reading, listening to, watching recently? Mm-hmm. Tough questions. Uh, well, watching, but probably I'm a bit late to the party, so probably everyone watched it, but Chernobyl. Yeah. That's that's a great series, so get on that if you have, have not yet, but I think I'm probably the last one who haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so not much recommendation there. Uh, I have recently read two books that were very much about they were about like Greek myths but kind of told from the female pers- perspective from like it was Odyssey what is, uh, where it was called Circe where it's the witch that Odyssey Ulysses encounters on his travels and it was kind of told from her perspective kind of the uh, idea of, you know, in these myths, they're like the women are just kind of uh, background and they don't have any deep life. So it was kind of rectifying it. And the other one was called Silence of the Girls, which was a similar setup. I don't know how I got into two books that were basically the same. They were both very interesting, so I'd recommend that. And listening, what have I been listening to? Oh, I love, uh, maybe, maybe you know it, maybe you don't, but it's called Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell. And he's like looking at different things in the history and kind of talking about them. So if you start in season one, the first one he talks about is about how a certain painter, woman painter, was kind of voted into this, like, exhibition that like if you get in there you're really like famous or something it was she was the first female to do so and then the next time she wasn't voted in again and it was kind of talking about 
like how people, if they feel they have done something right once, they don't have to do it again. And it kind of, when he was recording it, it was kind of in the, just before they voted in Trump. So he was kind of saying, I'm not saying we will vote in Trump, but because we did a thing, right? Which was voting for Barack Obama. We won't vote for Hillary Clinton. And we will get Trump in. And then he got in. It was like, oh, there you go. <laughs> so that's interesting. Anyway, it's interesting. What was that one called? Uh, revisionist history. So, yeah. yeah, give it a try. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to find you <laughs> um, or get in touch, how would they do that? Well, they can email me at katya at creativedundee.com or they can find me on Twitter, which I think my username is Katya Kusakova, which is K-U-S-A-K-O-V-A. Or Instagram, which is Katya Steel. That's kind of easier. <laughs> or you can follow my dog on Little Ness Monster, which is <laughs> much more interesting. <laughs> You should all do that. <laughs> That's great. Thanks very much. No worries. Thank you. So that was episode number 87. Thank you to Katja. Thank you to Ness. And yeah, if you want to follow Ness, um, you can go on to Little Ness Monster. That's our Instagram account. Um, so you can check out all our hijinks there. Um, but yeah, so as I said, this is the first in a three-week um, sort of creative Dundee special extravaganza sort of thing. Um, next week, we're going to have Andy Truscott on. Um, and the week after that, we're going to have Laurie Anderson. Um, yeah, I felt it was a great opportunity to sort of capture all the, the creative... Dundee team members as there's been a bit of a um, sort of interim change and update um, in personnel um, yeah, and to sort of hopefully introduce them to the community um, yeah so let me know what you thought of the episode and let me know what you think of the ones coming forward in the next couple of weeks but that's it um, unless you don't follow the podcast already then you need to listen to this bit because you should definitely follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. So it's at CCC Dundee on Twitter and Instagram or facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash CCC Dundee. Or you can just follow on whatever podcast platform you use. Um, but that's it. Until next week. Bye. <laughs>